When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. going on guys welcome back to pure evil i'm ma i'm your host as always evil eddie and i am so happy to be back in studio not only that it's my freaking birthday so it's time to raise hell for all my pure evil mma fans because i got somebody that you guys all love and without any need for an introduction we got ben davis joining us over here what's going on ben how you doing Great man, just got the car washed, taking care of some chores today. So it's a slower, it's a slower Tuesday out in Arizona. So you want to hear something <laughs> funny? I mean, we got a lot to talk about on the show today. And before we jump into anything, make sure you guys follow and subscribe here on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at evil under dash echo. That's E V I L underscore E C C O. Ben, what's your Twitter? Ben the Bane Davis on all platforms. Everyone already knew that, Ben. Uh, so last <laughs> night, it was so funny. Uh, you know, after UFC 275 and everything, like, I, you know, the weekends are, are a lot of fun. We're all rejoining back together. You know, we all go to work and we have shitty days. But man, on Twitter, I can't tell you guys the community that's on there and how awesome they are. But Ben, you've become somewhat of a celebrity, man. And I saw... No. Well, listen to this. I'm going to pull it up here on the Twitter for everybody to see. Um, there was somebody that tweeted who is who would be the president of MMA Twitter. And I'm scrolling through and at least one third of everybody uh, voted voted for you. It's right. Yeah, no, that was very humbling that many view me as a political uh, successor in the future. I have an eighth grade student body president position in my back pocket. So when I need to rip out those skills, Eddie, I certainly can step into uh, the public policy scene. <laughs> so you you were in eighth grade? You were I, in eighth I was in eighth grade. Now I'll tell you this funny story. I was in eighth grade and it was a new school, so I didn't have any friends there. Same here, man. Body, yeah, I'm right? It's And it's a tough spot to be in. Now the student body elections come around and the the dude that was running against me, his name was Seth Myers. Now, I don't know if you, I don't know if that name means anything to you, but it's the son of Stephanie Myers who wrote the Twilight books. So, cause oh. they're, they're based out in Arizona. So it's literally, it's Twilight Junior versus me in the student body president race. And everybody loves Seth, right? He'd come, he'd been, a, he's an established product, Eddie. I was coming in that year, young buck. And we got to the debates and I just- Were you dressed it, you know like this? Mean? I was, no, <laughs> I was wearing this exact outfit, um, no, <laughs> but, 
But we just, you know, we, we got to the debates and I guess I had a, lar a larger value proposition for the eighth grade student body. And ultimately when the votes were read, it was uh, my hand that got raised. So That's crazy, fun. man. When I moved schools, like I was, you know, I played football and my little brother yeah. did wrestling. So that was like kind of my way in. But like at the same time, I also played metal music, this and that. <laughs> but man, back then, so what year did you graduate? So I graduated high school in 2018 and then just graduated from ASU a couple months ago. Oh, wow. You're a young buck, man. I graduated I in young. 2007. And back then, let me tell you, this is around when the Ultimate Fighter was getting really big, all the reality yeah. shows. So I got to start with this. When, when did you start finding interest in mixed martial arts? And was it mixed martial arts that interested you or was it the media and the hype and the excitement? That really drew you it away. was it was the fights first and foremost the first card i watched was john jones versus danny cormier too uh, i was at a buffalo wild wings my buddy had invited me i'd never i'd heard about ufc before i never but i never really uh considered it all that much but i went and watched that one and the energy that was at that buffalo wild wings that night was infectious it was intoxicating and i just needed to be a fan of this sport so from that point forward i was watching weekly and then in college i would walk a mile to this shitty sports bar called the ice house and um i would uh, I would walk every Saturday just by myself, go watch the fights and then come home. And then, yeah, all the media stuff that's that's been popping up within the last two years. But fights first and foremost, Eddie. That's how I got got involved. So I that's so funny that you say that because that was an amazing fucking fight. Uh, the head kick, knockout, DC stumbles. And then unfortunately, yeah. he started crying inside the octagon, which was definitely tough to watch you know what i mean but there was so much emotion there was so much on the line uh you know back in the day we've we've seen so many rivalries like that and john like he turned into such a bad guy but back in the day man he was beating all of my favorite fighters and then you know he's still around doing it and nobody gives him yeah. the credit i understand that he has you know issues i've got issues bro you know what I mean? <laughs> like for real and it's like, but no one's been able to freaking beat the guy. I mean, that's amazing. That's absolutely it is amazing. amazing. But but I do understand where the sentiment has come from over the last several years because I agree. Everyone's got problems. Everyone makes mistakes and bad decisions. But my sympathy for John Bones Jones has been reduced time and time again because it just seems habitual. I have a hard time getting invested in somebody that is making poor decisions even though they have every reason not to even though they have the world in front of them they've been uh working so hard to get to the top of the 205 division defend that belt so many times and 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 you you can be a role model for so many people or you can be like john jones and so i um uh, i don't know eddie i do i do understand but i at this moment in time am very critical of johnny bones uh, so, and, so and, also yeah. with the whole john bones thing you know, we see a lot of fighters, Conor McGregor being one of them, they take a lot of time off and yet they're still in the rankings. Well, actually Conor got right. pulled out. Um, what, what are your thoughts on somebody that's out for a certain amount of time and, you know, wanting to come back and fight? Like Henry Cejudo, for instance, he retired. Right. He wants to come back and fight for a title. GSP wanted to come back, fight for a title against Bisping. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel about that? I think that 
it's very case by case, and it really depends on the star yeah. power of the certain individual. Henry Cejudo uh, retired with two belts on each shoulder, and I mean, he was on a great streak. So if he wanted to come back, and he, he has uh, a claim to a bigger fight when he comes back, and I think that it's warranted. Same thing with McGregor and Jones. I mean, those guys are some of the biggest stars that we've ever seen. If they come back and they cherry pick, they're probably going to get it because the revenue that they generate is way more than anyone else in the company. Same thing with George St. Pierre, GSP top three all time um it makes sense if if you're uh if you're a fighter like you know charles rosa and you take extended time off and then you come back and you're like give me a big fight at 145 guess what boston strong it's not gonna boston happen strong. but it's you know it, it really and that's kind of frustrating as well because you look at the sport and you want to be legitimate you want to be as accredited as some of the other these other sports that shouldn't happen you shouldn't be able to sit on the sidelines and then come back for a big opportunity but the reality is Eddie, baby, this is sports entertainment. So yeah. we gotta we gotta focus on the entertainment and what brings in eyes. And nobody does it better than McGregor, Bones, uh, GSP. So Hudo's getting there. I mean, Henry's a bit, I think, outside of the mainstream, but you know, he was on his way. Early retirement, I will say. That was an early retirement. With that being said, we're jumping into the news, so we'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hell yeah. All right, now that we are back, it's time to talk about this weekend's insanity that went down. I mean, what was your favorite fight on this card uh, before you watched it? Like, which one were you looking most forward to? I was really looking forward to Dana Batgari. Uh, I've been high on him since he knocked out my friend Kevin Atividad. So anytime Dana's fighting, I'm like, I want him to win because it looks good for Kevin. So I was very interested in that one. I will say Jack Della Maddalena is one of my biggest prospects in the sport. 170 pounds. They simply aren't ready. And he proves it again. Big finish over Ramazan Amif. But you know, I will say this might be a little bandwagony, Eddie, but that main event that really drew my interest before the card and afterwards was very satisfied. What did you make of that one? I mean, uh, Glover's from Connecticut, man, and you got to yeah. give it to him because, listen, somebody his age, it's it's almost like Shogun, right? You never thought right. he was going to be able to come back and be able to hold that title, and with, with that, man. It's just like that's the highlight of his career. That's all he ever wanted to yeah. do again, you know. And it, once you get to that point and you lose, I can only imagine the how you must feel afterwards because you're at a certain age, you're older now. Do you really want to go to Bellator? Like, you know, you might have a couple fights left on your contract. Do people really want to see you fight for the title again? Um, especially in that division. And then it's, it's almost like the Joanna case where she was like, Listen, I lost. I'm kind of passing the torch, you know. I'm passing the torch. And she took her gloves off, and I just I couldn't even believe it. But at the same time, you look at the poster behind me, you'll see um, 205 yeah. Madison Square Garden. And it was a different Joanna back then. You know, Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor, the hype was there. Joanna, ever since she left her team, 
uh, and I, th I believe she went to American Top Team. Um, she just hasn't been the same in my in my eyes. So once you get yeah. to that point, there's a lot to think about. You're getting older, and the saddest part is, what do you do now? You know, what do you do as an older fighter? This is what you've trained for your entire life, and now you can't do uh, anything besides maybe train or you know, look at Chuck Liddell. It's it's a sad story yeah. in fighting. The good news is um, that both Glover and JJ, in my opinion, have very varied paths forward. They've got a multiple different options. Look at Yuana. She was on the sidelines for two years, making a hell of a lot more money doing commercials, different uh, modeling gigs or things like that. So she does have, that's why she was gone is because she was so focused on the other areas. Glover, on the other hand, I mean, how can you look at his performance and say he should go to Bellator? He should, you know what I mean? Like it was such a great fight. He had Yuri out on the feet in round five and chose to jump the guillotine and it obviously cost him the title but you know for, for Glover I think and this is what he said right in the ring did I look 42 no then I'm gonna keep going and that's I think the mentality that he should have I think that the success over five rounds against Prohaska should it should offset any of that that doubt that came with losing the title because it's like yes I worked so hard I've been there's a decade in the UFC and I got to this level and I lost but man i was beating his ass <laughs> you know what i mean like um and with yanni and jacek i do think that the two years on the shelf were very detrimental i think she should have taken a not lesser fighter because that's obviously disrespectful to Zhang Wei. but Lee that's the what they do in boxing division, though you got to tune up you got to tune up baby exactly. like jj's on the shelf she's rusty and you're throwing her in there with with a serious killer in Zhang Wei Li. And I understand, right? They had a fight of the year candidate two years ago. It was amazing, but this is a different Ioana. And Zhang Wei Li, on the other hand, has had a couple fights since that uh, first one with JJ. And she's added so many wrinkles to her game that this, I, I knew that Zhang Wei Li was going to win. I didn't know that it was going to be a devastating highlight reel KO. Um, and so, you know, if, if Ioana does say, I want to start a family, I've got all of these other. Uh, income streams outside the octagon that I want to leverage further. That makes complete sense. She's earned that one of the greatest of all time oh, yeah. in uh, women's MMA. But if she does want to come back, dude, take a smaller fight, work your way back up because she was doing uh, decent work uh, until that finish. That's what that, yeah, you, you said it perfectly. And you know, what about the Valentina fight? Because to me, man, I yeah. didn't think she actually won that fight. Uh, the way I was scoring it, the way I was watching it, but it's almost like a John Bones thing again, where she was trying to beat her opponent at her opponent's game, and we weren't seeing the Muay Thai much. We were seeing Valentina go for takedowns, and um, I, I just didn't see uh, the the true Valentina there with the speed and the movement. She was really trying to switch her game game up, which I believe was risky. However, she ended up leaving with the title again, but. Man, it, it was risky, and her opponent put up one hell of a fight, man. Oh, Talia Santos did not look like a plus 450 dog. I think that the, the, the odds makers should have respected her significantly more. And the thing with Valentina, and you just pointed this out so beautifully that many other people I haven't heard say, she fights at her opponent's level. Right, she's done this with Jennifer Maya, Liz Carmouche, Lauren Murphy was having a lot of success. And it's like Valentina is objectively so much better than most of these women. You know, and, and that's I, I just was uh, addressing, I don't want to be disrespectful to WMMA, but I mean, Valentina Shevchenko is a lifelong mixed martial artist and somebody that I think has way more skills and tools than anybody, but she just, 
like you said, she chooses to go for the takedowns. She's not going down the path of least resistance, which would be piecing up on the feet, finding a big finish. And it's so confusing, and it results in very lackluster performances. People say, oh, she's got pillow hands, she's got this. It's it, criticism. Valentina Shevchenko's game planning and fight IQ opens herself up to criticism, and it's so unnecessary because I think that she could easily get those big, um, you know, Jessica IKOs every time she goes out, but she doesn't. So that's, you know, we'll see where Shevchenko goes from here. Still, I mean, again, one of the top three or four women of all time in mixed martial arts, but it's just, it is so confusing because you look at it from an outsider perspective, and again, I've never fought. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but I just think historically, She's shown so much. Why is she doing this here and now in the cage at this time? But I, oh God, I don't know. Because once you lose that title, man, she's on such a streak to cement herself as a Ronda Rousey. But will we ever see another Ronda Rousey? Will we ever see another no. Conor McGregor? Can Valentina reach that status? Joanna, as you know, as amazing as she did uh, during her career, she was kind of in the shadows of Ronda. Yeah. Uh, even Amanda Nunes, she was right there on the brink, and then, boom, a huge upset happens. Which is another reason why I love mixed martial arts, because you don't know what's going to happen inside there. I mean, it, like, anything can it's happen. Unpredictable. It's unpredictable. It's unpredictable. Um, and, and you ask, right, can we have another Conor McGregor? Can we have another Ronda Rousey? These game changers, these pioneers for the scene. I say no. Unlikely. And I, the reason I say this is because... I almost view figures in MMA, personalities, players, competitors, as a tree. Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey, they are the trunk. They are the biggest elements that form the most integral part of bringing this from the ground up. Now we're working on the branches, you know what I mean? And we're getting these smaller fighters and maybe we get a big branch, right? Maybe get a huge branch that's named uh, Hamzat Shemaev. Uh, but at the end of the day, there is a trunk that's been well-established and exploring that further you just run into copycats. Look at Ian Gary, talented guy, but everyone says this guy's just a Conor McGregor copycat, right? You see There's that a these, lot, these yeah. Comparisons because of that trunk that's been established. And now that's one school of thought. I think that easily you could have somebody come in and be just as game changing, right? But I, I, I do think that there's some validity in the, in the opinion of We've already had these big names. They've already been cemented. It's difficult to bring in somebody else that's not compared to these people. It, it, it's crazy too because with the Ronda and Connor thing, it happened at the perfect time in mixed martial yeah. arts where we were transfer transferring from Fox to ESPN. That's basically why it sold for four billion dollars. However, things kind of fell apart. But we have seen that you you said it perfectly. Branches and there's been a lot of guys and girls that we've seen. We're like, oh my god, this might be the next one. This might be the next one. However, people get so excited and they're not as careful we may never see something as beautiful as conor mcgregor coming in i i guarantee we'll never see somebody like ronda rousey go in there and finish girls the way that she was i mean no. people don't give her the respect that she really deserves however when it comes back to valentina i mean the most that she can do um is, is just kind of be in the shadows which is which is really sad and i'm sure there's a lot of females out there that look up to her she's been doing this her entire life her sister uh, also um, you know, going from Muay Thai over to UFC. I mean, it's it's a crazy lifestyle she lives too. So I wonder how much longer she's gonna fight for. Um, right. It's another situation where Ronda was in, where you didn't think anyone could beat her. 
you know, and then, you know, this weekend, that was a decent fight from her opponent. Yeah, and you know, same opinion with Amanda Nunez, right? The Lioness was viewed as this unbeatable figure. Juliana Pena comes in, pieces her up on the feet, finishes her on the ground. Like you said, the unpredictability of the sport is the biggest reason why. Watch it. And um, I think another reason why we just won't see these huge figures that have those runs. I mean, McGregor to the title is a streak of finishes and wins that you just can't replicate. Oh, beautiful. Because the game, the game's evolved as well. These people, right, this roster is more talented. It's multi-level. There's a lot more depth in these divisions. So it's harder to put on those performances and find those finishes. It will take a truly, truly special mixed martial artist like Jack Della Maddalena to replicate the, uh, <laughs> no, I'm high on Jack Della Maddalena, no, but it, it, that, that point still stands. It's hard to do it these days because I think just the landscape is entirely different from 2013, 2014, uh, but, Again, we don't know. We don't fucking know. Who knows? Tomorrow they could sign some some big cat that's twenty and three, and they're bringing him over from Singapore, and then he just starts lighting it up. Like that could that could also very well happen. We just don't know. So what I like to do at this point, after we recap, is rate the pay per view. And what uh, I look at when I rate a pay per view, I look at the uh, the main event, the co main event, making sure that there were finishes there because that's what you're going to remember in the long run. Um, were there people that were coming up that made uh, an impact for their career that you're excited to see uh, them fight again? I, I got to give this one, and you got to remember, we're paying 90 bucks for it, you know? Right. So that's another factor to consider. Is it worth it? What, what do you think about this? I'd go a solid... 8.73. Uh, great main event. <laughs> I'm going to play it's those numbers. a great numbers. main event. The co-main was a little bit lackluster. There was a few fights that, you know, couldn't... I was, I was very busy. I'll say this. I had a watch party. I was out and about drinking a ton. But, I mean, you had that huge women's uh, KO on the early prelims. I'm forgetting the name. Is it Ramona Silva Juarez? I think it's uh, Silva Gomez Juarez. I might be mixing up the name, but that was a huge KO. The Zhang Wei Lee knockout, the Jack Della Maddalena finish, the main event. Solid 8.73. I'm going to give it a 7. Uh, 7 out of 10, just because I'm, I'm really upset about Glover, so I'm a little biased. Um, Valentina sure. showing a different different angle of her game and you know Joanna that was another point that we're gonna remember you know I, I'm trying to look at it as like what are we gonna remember from it and you know what maybe yeah. I, I, I could go for an eight as well actually because Joanna retiring uh, you know then the two title fights so yeah I, I'm gonna give it an eight so moving forward Ben I got to ask you, man, you did one hell of a job at the event that you were just at. Can you get into that a little bit, um, you. how you got involved yeah. with it? And man, I got to say, uh, you really put on an amazing performance, uh, you know, hosting and on the mic and then again, the, the kid was walking away and you're like, bro, don't you want your check? Come on back. You want your 2,500. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that a ton. Thank you. It's a, it, I don't really talk about my esports work as much on the timeline simply because it doesn't track all that well so i'm just like okay i'm not going to put it out but the esfl which is the esports fight league is the ufc's partnered uh esports league so i've been working as a commentator and an analyst for about 16 17 months with them and it's wow. been an amazing journey to get that point that is a god much longer conversation but esfl live is our first 
big in-person event. We did it at the HyperX Esports Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. I drove up. I got back from Puerto Rico the night before. Wow. Drove up to Vegas uh, that morning. Yeah, I was, well, you know, because I was like on the fence about going. And I was texting the owners and they were like, hey, can you come? Can you be camera ready? And I was like, sure, right? I can. Always got to be ready. I'll come. Yeah. I, and I was like, I threw it on. Um, and so I drove up there and I really didn't know if I was going to be doing anything. Because I had been telling them, I was like, look, it's the last minute that I'm going to be here. Because uh, originally I was supposed to be in Europe for a month and a half. So many things changed. And then I realized, oh, I can actually make this event. So um, I'm driving up and I told them, if I don't do anything, that's fine. I just want to meet all the competitors, all the staff members, and, and just have a good day. But I get there and immediately they're like, hey, we need you to do the quarterfinals. Can you do that? That's and awesome. I was like, I was like, sure. So I hop in the booth. I've never called any fights with I'm a boxer before. I've seen his work. And so I, I, I had no clue who this guy was, but we gotta, you gotta hop in, you gotta get there. And so um, we did those four fights. And then afterwards, the owners, they got the belt, they got the check. They're like, hey, can you do the post fight, um, you know, announcing and, and the questions. And I was like, sure. I have never, and I'll tell you what, man, I've never done the whole like, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, like I've never done that before as anything anywhere. So I was a bit nervous, but I, I was happy with that. And then Anthony Romero is an incredibly gifted kid. And he's worked so hard. And obviously, you watch that post-fight speech, he's been dealing with so much. And I am just infinitely proud of both him, all the competitors, Swap, Jamie, Trixie, Dabakin, uh, Prioxis came coming out, Marshall Mind. Like, it was, Eddie, when I tell you what, this UFC esports scene doesn't get the love that it deserves. EA and the UFC do not do a good job promoting it, building it, pushing it, uh, relative to the effort that these community members are putting in. None of us are fucking paid at all. Right, but it's investments that we make of our time and energy week after week after week, and they've been building this incredible promotion. And uh, to see, oh, my chair's going down. Um, to see, <laughs> uh, just to see that event go come to fruition and go as well, way above any expectation, man. It was one of the best events I've ever been to. Would you go back and and do it again? Because man, you, I, I feel like you should be a staple w within that. Like, right, so um, I'm there. I'm there. Like, number, I'm the Brendan Fitzgerald. So there, John Anik is this this individual named Balian who is in oh from MMA on point. He is yeah from MMA on point yeah. <laughs> so really? Balian, uh, yeah, Balian's been doing the play by play, and he actually he was out there. Met him. Him and I grabbed brunch the next day, and he's he's a great guy and um, great voice on him too. Great, yeah, he's got oh, he's he's got the the accent. Rugged voice, he's coming around. Yeah, yeah oh gosh, he's looking there good now, and uh, it's just it's so good. Um, and they yeah, so I was really happy to come in as the number two guy for the last 16, 17 months and just kind of see, observe, absorb. Uh, but but yeah, they'll do it again next year. That'll, that'll be an annual event for sure. So the last thing I want to do with you is. You've been on Twitter so much, you go through yeah. it, and probably every week I see about 10 or 20 of these questions. Who should I be following on MMA Twitter? So, uh, you know, do you have three, four, five people that you would uh, suggest for people to follow? Absolutely, yeah, and and the problem with suggesting people is always uh, the people who aren't named are gonna bitch about it. They'll be like, well, you should have, you know what I mean? So apologies to anyone who I'm not citing. I think there are incredible accounts. Everybody is, is truly unique and brings something different to the timeline. I would say the three ones that I personally really always love interacting with, Alex Behunin, uh, he's a journalist for Cage Side Press. He is a very good friend of mine, and the work that he does is truly terrific and game-changing. Art of War posts amazing street fights, and he's he's so many memes. Um, and then I would say it's a it's a three-way tie. 
between Dovi Simulator, who is just one of the coolest cats in the game, Hectic, who has the best memes, and uh, my man, Heavyweight Thanos, JDP. That's always a good follow. So there's a couple a couple people. If you haven't, you're, you're, a lot of people are probably already following them, but if you're not, they are, are well worth it. And again, everybody else on the timeline is is uh, uh, great as well. So here's my five. Uh, Kaposa, Jetty, uh, Big Marcel, Ben yeah. Davis, and <laughs> who who else could be that fifth one? I, I would give the fifth one to, hmm, James Lynch. James Lynch does yeah. ama- amazing James work as well. And James, yeah, I, I worked with him actually at Fight Club, and James is a, a terrific interviewer. I mean, I would see his stuff, and I would I would try to think, what, how do I get better? You know, from watching him, right? What can I gain? What sort of different questions, or how he leads conversations, directs it? I'm a yeah, I'm a big fan of James. So James, back in the day when I started, like me and him, I've been doing it for almost ten years now, and you know, I would go on YouTube, and you know, I went to broadcasting school, so I would always be interested in seeing what other MMA media was doing. So I type in MMA interviews. And James was all over the place. It was always James Lynch, yeah. Ted Check, uh, and then the big the big boys. And uh, I ended up linking up with a manager, may he rest in peace, uh, Brian Levick. And we were doing uh, interviews with the same the same fighters a lot of the times, and a lot of big yeah. names as well. And I got to give James a lot of credit for being consistent. If there's one thing I could tell anyone out there that wants to be in this business and Ben, you would probably say the same thing you have to say consistent people love yeah. consistency and that's something i need to work on a little bit more is if i say i'm going to do something on monday i need to do it monday and you may find times where you might get a little you know down like oh it's not going the way i wanted to don't right. give up don't give up because at the end of the day this is so much fun every weekend we get together it's a family man so Ben, I want to thank you so much for joining me here. Um, and, and I got to ask you, man, uh, what, what do you got coming up uh, in the next week or so that people can uh, get into? Gosh, it is a lot of my plans this month are very changing and I've yet to hammer down uh, specific details. But in the fall, I've got a massive project coming, the biggest one that I've ever done, self-produced, self-financed, self-everything. Really? It's going to be, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a show. And um, I really hope everyone tunes in. <laughs> so that should be coming in August, September-ish. There's still so many things. This, I got to build the set. Um, but it really is going to be the, the most fascinating thing that I think I've put out yet. Wow. So it's going to be like a, a show? Is that what you're trying It'll to be say? It'll be a show, yeah. I, there's going to be half MMA related with, uh, you know, chatting with fighters and, and friends that I have. And then half of it's going to be lifestyle segments, me going around Arizona, dicking around. Could be how to make ice cream. Could be bull riding like it's you know that's i'll get into it deeper but that's a quick little snippet of what what you could potentially expect from that one so people are, call it yeah people are looking at some photos that i put up of you on the slideshow with a cowboy hat uh <laughs> wife beater um and and i saw one photo of you and and my boy mac malley how did that yes. come yeah man so mac is mac is another very close friend of mine i've known him for um, a little over a year, and the photo that I think you saw was the one with me, Boogerbeard, and Mac, and we're at Israel Adesanya's after party after UFC 263. Yeah, it's wow. a crazy story. I, I don't want to take too long, so I'll try to summarize it as, as best I can. Um, I had met Mac 
like a little bit before. We'd streamed together. We had a bit of familiarity. I knew he was going to be at UFC 263. So I contacted him, me, him, and Booger Bird. We met up at the arena, got a photo together, chatted a little bit. I then, after the fights, went and hung out with Dean Thomas for probably about an hour, hour and a half, wow. and uh, connected with him. Phenomenal guy. And as I'm walking back to my car, this is, God, this had to have been like fucking midnight, right? Uh, Mac pulls up in a truck and he goes, hey, fucker, where are you going? And I was like, I was like, I was going to head to Israel's like after party because I purchased the ticket like a couple weeks earlier because I live right next door uh, wow. to the bar. And Mac was like, Mac and Boog were like, dude, we were going as well. So we all link up and meet there. And the bar that they were at was at Varsity Tavern. Varsity Tavern, if you don't know, it's on Mill Avenue in Tempe, Arizona. It is the most popping spot on Saturday nights. And so there's a line out the fucking door. Me, Mac, and Boog are at the end of this line. And they're a little bit older, right? They're a bit out of that college party scene. So they were kind of thinking like, ah, how do we get in? Like they're a bit nervous. I'm dressed in my turn like my blazer. Go, okay, here's the game plan. I'm going to pretend to be your guys' security <laughs> and we're going to get on in. So um, we walked to the front of the fucking line and no. uh, I go to the bouncer I lean over and I'm like I'm like hey buddy these guys are with Adesanya um, because the thing was if you remember <laughs> if you remember Adesanya brought Boogerbeard out when they were at the fights Adesanya put the belt on Boogerbeard like that was you know that was such a big moment that I was like okay um, is he definitely put these guys on a VIP list I was banking hard on it and sure enough they were on the list so we go under and what was funny is I, I followed because I'm security they didn't even check my ID bro they didn't wow. even like stop me so we get in there and we're working our way through the crowd right and we don't know where Adesanya is but I'm bumping into Jamal Hill I dapped him up I was like oh, hey wow. man how's your arm and he was like it's healing um I think I was dancing with Matt Favola for a period of time oh, yeah, steamroller yeah my man is steamroller um, and that might there was a there was a ginger guy there I was really drunk I think it was Favola it might not be I'm seeing him in a couple <laughs> weeks so I'll I'll ask him to confirm that um but so we we spot Adesanya and he's behind this VIP uh, section it's roped off and me being the fucking genius I am was like okay the security thing worked once let's see if it works again so I walk over and I'm clearing a path bro I'm like clearing a path it's like right through the dance floor I've got Mac and Boog right behind me and I go up to this second bouncer and I lean over and I'm like hey buddy these guys are without a Sonya and um, this is when things went really south for me because the bouncer waves over at Izzy and Israel Adesanya comes over and um, I was like, oh, but then Izzy spots Boo. And Izzy was like, oh my God, Boog appeared. So Boog guns under, they fucking dap up and they're hugging and it's a fun moment. I wow. start to go under and um, I dap up Izzy and I'm like halfway under and security guard, hand on the chest, yeah. right? He's pushing me back. And um, I was like, I was for a second, I was like, oh no. This is going really wrong, really fast. And Izzy leans over to Boogerbeard. He's like, he's like, hey, is this guy with you? Like, is he cool? And Boog was like, yeah, he's cool. So security guard, you know, lets me under. Dap Izzy up. I'm like, great defense. Mac comes under. And we're just like dancing, hanging out with Izzy. Francis Ngannou was there. I went and dapped him up. Leon Edwards. I went and said hey to him. It was, dude, it was an insane night. I ended up in the hospital later wow. because <laughs> I was so dehydrated that I walked to St. Luke's, which is like a mile walk. And um, thankfully, I'm okay. But 6 a.m., I'm walking back to my apartment. The sun's coming up. I was like, that was the best fucking night ever. That is an yeah. epic story, man. If only that That's was caught on camera, man. That that would have been epic. <laughs> so uh, what I like to do at this point in the interview is hand the imaginary microphone over to you. If you have any shout-outs, anything at all, the floor is now all yours. 
Yeah, man, you know, I've got a lot, uh, like I said, that I'm trying to cook up and within this industry, approaching it the way that I am is very unconventional, right? You you cited broadcast school. I studied finance at ASU, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like I never did sports broadcasting or journalism. I'm really trying to make waves on my own shoulders. And so any followers of Ben the Ben Davis on any platform, uh, Verdict MMA, I work with them as a, oh, wow. a TikTok ambassador. Uh, Howlerhead, also I work with them as a brand ambassador. So go pick Seriously? Up Use use code Bane and get zero percent off. Uh, we're still working on a cut now, <laughs> but so yeah, I'm trying my best, man. I'm doing everything that I can, and I know some people don't like me out there and they don't like the shit. But I, you know, I'm, I I trust. I'm, I'm I'm very confident in what I'm doing, and I'm hoping it's gonna work out. Man, you got the energy, you got the drive, and that's what it's all about. I wish you nothing but the best, yeah. um, guys. Go follow Ben. He is the biggest thing going on right now in the MMA Twitter world, and I see a bright future for him. So make sure to go give him a follow. Hopefully, we'll get him back on the show with Mac Malley, and that that could be a lot of fun. So uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Ben. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'm about to go get lit for my birthday. Hell yeah. Happy birthday, brother. Thank you. All right. God bless. There you guys go. Just finished the interview with Ben Davis. About to go out for my birthday dinner. So I'm going to try to do a show later on tonight as well. I hope you guys really enjoyed that as much as I did. I have so much to actually discuss that I couldn't get into because everyone's in a rush to leave right now. So with that being said, guys, I'm Evil Eddie from Pure Evil on May. And remember, without evil, there's no purity. White knuckles to the end. Behave yourselves.